Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to Off the Bench with Heidi St. John. Today is Monday, March 29th. I'm so glad you guys are here. Today, I'm going to air part two of my interview with my friend, Jennifer Strickland. Jennifer has a ministry to women and to young girls, teaching them that their identity is found in Christ. It's a powerful ministry. This is a powerful interview. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So thanks for tuning in today. And also thank you for everyone who came out to say hello at Teach Them Diligently in Rogers, Arkansas. We sure love you guys and are so thankful that you have been just coming out and saying hello. You guys are making a difference. Want to give a quick shout out to Olivia from California, Lisa from Redding, California. And she said, I love you guys so much. Your program has emboldened me to speak the truth and get off the bench. Well, that is exciting to us. And I know you guys are being encouraged because we're hearing about it at Mailbox Monday. Normally today, I answer your questions, but my interview with Jennifer went long and I didn't want to cut it short. So we'll answer questions at tomorrow's podcast. And today I'm just going to give you guys the wonderful treat of listening to part two of my interview with Jennifer. You guys have heard me talk recently about my travels across the United States and back. Woo! The joy of traveling in COVID. Well, I have loved seeing your smiling faces and watching families purposefully moving about in communities across this nation. And if you're in the Minnesota area, I'd love to see you guys April 16 to 17 at Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota for the conference for 2021 Mache Get Together. That's going to be so awesome. If you guys want more information about this event and to purchase tickets, go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. And I hope to see you guys there. All right. Without any further announcements, I'm going to air part two of my interview with Jennifer Strickland in progress. We can't do it. It's not enough. And I say this on the podcast all the time. I can come on here like I do five days a week and say, you guys, this is the most important thing you'll ever do. You're raising parents for your grandchildren right now. I'm always telling that to moms. You're raising mothers for your grandchildren. You're raising the next generation of fathers, the next generation of leaders, and we must guard their hearts against these images, which are so devastating that are coming out of the culture right now that the church has really lost its voice and we're not talking about this stuff, right? But if you'll notice, and you and I talked about this before a bit, at the, at the top right-hand corner of the packaging tells you the age to which they are marketing this doll. This doll with, you can put fishnet stockings on her and a short leather mini skirt and very just immodest clothing that not, I mean, honestly, we, this is not, you're right. This is not what we want for our daughters. They're marketing this to four-year-old girls. They, they, they want yeah. our four-year-old daughters to begin to see that this is what I'm supposed to, to look like. And how does a mom right now, how does she go, you know what, I'm going to inoculate my daughters against the lies in the culture by telling them the truth about how beautiful they are. And really, that's what you've spent your life doing is teaching young women and young girls to see themselves as beautiful because they came exactly in the package that the Lord of Heaven's armies designed for them, that they were knit together in their mother's womb. They're fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's been the story of your life. And so take these uh, these young women there right now. Instead of getting our worth from images that we see on social media and images that we see coming out of the media and at the Grammys and places like that and magazine covers, where do we start if we want to give our children and our young girls a healthy image that will take them into adulthood? 
you know, the, I really think the first thing that we have to do is help them identify the lie before they can really walk in the truth. And I just want to say one thing about this Cardi B doll. It reminds me so much of when I was Barbie. I was Barbie for the 35th anniversary of the doll in Gardaland, Italy. Uh, years ago, they needed an anorexic girl to be Barbie. I was doing the runway at that time, so I was full-blown anorexic, absolutely starving myself at such an unhealthy weight, 30, 35 pounds less than I am now. And people would say right now I'm thin, you know, but then I was, you know, wasn't menstruating, you know, stomach problems, hair falling out, dark circles under my eyes. They had to spend three hours, young girls listening today, moms, let me tell you something. They had to spend three hours covering the dark circles under my eyes and the pimples on my face so that I could be Barbie. But I had to starve myself to be Barbie. And I remember the night before that I was going to be revealed at Gardaland, which is like an Italian Disneyland. I remember crying, crying in the shower from this loneliness, using hash in my case, you know, marijuana, same thing, you know, over in Europe to, to try to cover up the loneliness. I had been basically victimized in the modeling industry. I was, I was struggling. I was starving. I was crying. I was lonely. I wanted a family. I wanted a purpose. They dressed me up like this doll and they put me out there and it it would be funny. You could link in your show notes, a picture of (laughs) to my website. These girls will see, okay, I looked exactly like Barbie. Okay. But as these children were running at me, at Gardaland, because they all wanted, you know, like, it's like a Disneyland. So it's like when they see Sleeping Beauty come through Disneyland, you know, everyone's running to see Sleeping Beauty. They want to touch even just the hem of her dress. And I remember thinking to myself, they are, they are believing a lie. They are believing such a lie. I'm not what's beautiful. They are what's beautiful. And I saw all day sitting with these little children on my lap and looking into their beautiful, innocent, sweet eyes. I thought that's what beauty really is. That's what it is. But I didn't, I didn't, hadn't found it in Christ yet. When I found Jesus, I found the real meaning of beauty. And I, I, when I look at the cross, I think to myself, the cross says to us, you are so valuable, right? The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for a fine pearl. And when he finds one of great value, that merchant sells everything he has to buy it. You know, God sold everything he had to buy you. Everything. He had one relationship. You know, I've, you've got several kids. I've got three kids. I've got a husband. I've got a family. God had one relationship. He sold everything he had to buy you. And, and when I think about the cross, it's such a picture of real beauty and value. And even Isaiah says that on the cross, he was so deformed beyond any human likeness that people couldn't even look at him. So what is beauty? And Psalm 50 verse two says that God is perfect in beauty. How could that be? Jesus was so deformed, so beaten on the cross that people couldn't even look at him, Heidi, that the Bible says they despised him, rejected by men. So <laughs> if you've been rejected by men, we know that Jesus too was rejected by men. He, he was despised. They esteemed him not. He had no beauty or majesty that would attract people to him. And yet God is perfect in beauty. How could that be? He's saying beauty is not something that's of the flesh. So we've got to be able to go, you know what? Look at that doll and go, oh, that's a lie. We've got to, these girls got to be able to look at porn and go, oh, that's a lie. These boys have to look at porn and go, oh, that's a lie. 
And when they can go, that's a lie, then they can go, okay, now, then what's the truth? Because that's what we're talking about in Romans here. You exchange the truth of God for a lie. So you got to be able to go, no, that's a lie. That's a lie. And that's what I do in my books and Bible studies, you know, is I go, okay, what is the first lie? You know, what is the second lie? What is the third lie? And come back and teach them, okay, you're more than what you see in the mirror. You're more than what men think about you. You're more than what the media says about you. You are a daughter of God. You are a creation of God. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the light of the world. You are chosen by God in this generation with gifts and talents and abilities to make a difference on this earth. You are so much more. Your body is going to change. I mean, the truth is Isaiah says that you know God can blow his breath on Cardi B and she's gone tomorrow. So why do we get our identity, our value from what we see on the screen? That person can be gone tomorrow. You cannot get your identity and your value from human beings. But you've got to turn away from human beings as a reflector of your value. You've got to turn away from the screen. You've got to turn away. You know, I did a 40-day fast from the mirror when I left modeling. I just recently did a 40-day fast from media. You've got to turn your eyes away from these things as as a reflector of your value, look into the word of God and say, who am I? Who is God and who am I? He is the father. I'm his daughter. He's the creator. I'm his creation. He's the Lord. I'm the temple. He's the light. I'm the light. He's the most high. I am the ambassador and I'm his representative. So when I go back on the screen, I'm going to represent him. I'm not going to go and surf the internet for your approval. I'm not going to do it. And it's hard. It's hard even as women and mom. It is so hard to do, but it is possible. And I think moms today are really up against it, right? I think a lot of us living through things we did not think we were going to live through, our our kids, our daughters, especially being confronted with lies that we never even saw coming, right? We didn't see the transgender movement coming, or at least I didn't. I didn't see that coming. I didn't realize I was going to have to talk to my my 10-year-old daughter about why boys can't be girls and girls can't be boys, right? Sex has been so distorted in the culture today. And I think moms are having a hard time and dads too, finding their footing in in this crazy upside down world. But the Bible isn't silent on the issues that we're facing right now. God's word is not silent. God is not up in heaven, scratching his head, wondering how we got here, right? And his word, the Bible teaches us, will stand forever. You've done an incredible job of talking about sex with your kids, such a touchy subject. I do it. I've done it a whole bunch here at the podcast because I am all about honest conversations. We need to have honest conversations. I want to just really quickly touch on this. This is not the basis for our, our our interview today, but I think the moms are listening to this. I think it's going to be beneficial and they can go to your website and find out more. But you have a book called 21 Myths That Good Girls Believe About Sex. Why did you write that book? And can you give us just a little, like a couple of little nuggets from it that are going to help moms navigate this because boy, we need it now more than we've ever needed it. Yeah. I, 21 myths was my big brave book. You know, It's like, while my kids are teenagers, I'm going to write a book about sex. Let's see how this goes. They're like, really? No, they've always supported me so much, but no, you know, 21, I, I, you know, my husband and I waited for marriage. My husband honored me before marriage, but before that he was a prodigal. I was not a Christian. And so we both understood the difference between the dark and the light. And I felt like if any, could write this book of what it true what the true meaning of intimacy as God designed it looks like it's me 
And so because my husband, Shane, and I have, have, that's a strength in our marriage. It's an area that we valued before marriage. And 21 Misses, I like to call it like a sex Bible because the girls and the moms can look up the lies. Again, I always, I just do that in all my books. I, I identify the lie, like here's a lie. A baby's a problem. Here's the truth. A baby's a gift, you know, you know, so sex, that book actually touches every topic that sex touches. But I, I want to tell you one story about that book. And it's about a girl and who reached out to me. She was 12 years old when she got involved with pornography, online pornography and same sex attraction. And somehow she, she read 21 myths. And as she read it several times, And then she wrote me a letter and said that the Lord had used it to bring so much healing in her life. You know, it's, it's not necessarily like, yes, we know what the Bible says, right? We, we know that the Bible says that when you exchange the truth of God for a lie, that women are going to become inflamed with lust for one another. That that's the next part of that Roman section and the whole culture begins to go downhill from there. We understand the word talks about that, but more than that, the love and the grace of Jesus you know, the, the foundation of that book was the woman called an adultery. How does Jesus handle women who are in, in, in a mess sexually? You know, how, how, does, how does he handle girls like, I was a mess. I had gotten really hurt. My heart had been broken. This other gal who reached out to me, her name is Kendall. She, she'd be okay if I shared her name because she's sharing her testimony at my next event. She's just incredible. But she reached out and wrote me a letter. And she was trapped in pornography addiction when I first met her. Over years of mentoring and, you know, being around our ministry and being a part of our lives and the Lord just working in such an incredible way. He's brought so much healing and freedom into her life. And it's really the love of Jesus that has changed her. You know, she was trapped in a, you know, in a lesbian lifestyle, but she didn't want to be. She was trapped as a pornography addict and she didn't want to be. And I think, you know, one of those, one of the lies that the, the moms are believing today, Heidi, oh my goodness, I am a part of this Facebook group of moms helping their daughters with their mental health. And you've seen moms posting in this group saying, well, I don't, you know, I allow my, you know, my 15 year old daughter to watch pornography as long as it's in her room, it's in the privacy of her room. And, you know, she's decided she's gay and so forth. And I don't really see anything wrong with it. And, you know, here I am, you know, nicely commenting. Um, yeah, that's warping her mind because her brain is still developing and you're taking pornography. I mean, why, why would you allow your teenage daughter to watch pornography? Why would you pay for that? Be and wonder, oh gosh! And by the way, she's cutting, anxious, depressed, and hates me. And they don't—they yeah, don't see right, the reaction. Right. And yet, there's no correlation. The correlation. Yeah, there's yeah. a direct yeah. correlation, and the Bible teaches there's a direct correlation when we fix our eyes on images of man instead of on the Creator, who's forever to be praised. What happens? Our foolish minds and hearts become darkened. We are filled with what? disobedience to our parents. <laughs> they become senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless, ruthless. And the women are like, my daughter's so mean. Well, my daughter doesn't respect me. My daughter doesn't, she doesn't obey me. My daughter's cutting herself. She wants to kill herself. She's depressed. She's anxious. She's suicidal. Okay. Well, what, what are you allowing to formulate her brain? 
And I don't judge these moms because I was against the whole, I, we're all up against Instagram. <laughs> we, we, but, but the truth is it's the conversations that we have as moms and dads. It's not taking, they think, okay, well, if I take away the phone, you know, well, then she, I'm afraid she's going to cut herself. Oh my goodness. It's not about taking away the phone. It's about eye to eye with your, your kids. It's about talking to them about what's true, what love and intimacy and sexuality is really created for. It's created to make babies, okay? Be fruitful and multiply. It's, it's created to be known and loved and respected. I mean, when, when Adam and Eve, when he knew Eve, that word knew means he deeply respected her. It's the same word when we be still and know that I am God. That When Adam and Eve, the first sexual relationship was a knowing it was a respect, and that's what you get in a, in, in a healthy and loving marriage, and that's what my husband and I have, and that's why I wrote that book, and look, that's why it brings healing to girls' heart. It's not lopping them over the head with the Bible. It's, it, it's inviting them into the intimacy of the Creator and saying, I know you. He says, I know you. I, the Bible says, you know me and you search me, you know my heart. And God's saying to this daughter, I know you, I know you're more than, I know you want more than that. I know you want to be loved and valued and cherished and respected. And let me draw you into my unfailing love and let me teach you what that love really looks like. It's an invitation from the Lord. You know what I mean? It's different. That's when Jesus got down in the dust with the woman caught in adultery. It was the religious people wanting to stone her and throw the law at her. Jesus stoops down and says, I know you. I love you. Now go and sin no more. Why? Because you are more. That's where the minister, our name of our ministry, you are more capable. Because you're more than that. You're built for more than that, baby girl. Now go on and walk like the woman of valor and the woman of value that, that I created you to be. And you're going to do great things. And you don't have to walk in sh shame over it. And that's what's tough is that, you know, you live by the Cardi V and then the shame is attached to the girls and then they end up cutting themselves, you know, but the enemy is the author of shame and the crown that God puts on our head is resplendent. And so they have to learn the lie. The lie is the shame is attached to me because I had an abortion, because I gave my body away, because I did this, because I did that. I get you sent pictures of myself online and now everyone's shaming me. That's a lie too. Jesus became your shame on the cross. You're a daughter of the King. All you have to do is give your life to Jesus, hold your head high, allow him to wash you off and clean you off, walk in the authority that he's given you and you're going to do great things. Mm, I love it. I love it. Uh, before we go today, you also have a book called More Beautiful Than You Know, and people can get that on your website. What's that book about? Identity in Christ. It's all about identity in Christ, Heidi. It's teaching the young girls. And that one's for the girls. I've got, you know, Beautiful Lies is for women 18 and up. More Beautiful Than You Know is my, my really my favorite teen book for girls because it really teaches them who they are in God's eyes. And it helps them identify the lies they might be believing that is messing with their heads. Hmm. And I don't know of a, of a woman who is more qualified or more beautiful inside or out than you to be bringing this message to our young girls and to our young women. Jennifer Strickland, you are a treasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Where can people find you online? They can find me at jenniferstrickland.net 
or youremore.org. It's the same thing. It's the letter U, the letter R, M O R E dot org. And I'm speaking in schools right now. I'm doing chapels where we've got all kinds of materials for homeschool moms, anything. I even have a, a Christian school right now that's using my books for the boys to teach them their identity in Christ. So we've got all kinds of stuff on there for resources for parents and schools and churches. And I'm not afraid to get out there and take off my mask and go speak. So <laughs> I'm ready. I'm like, come on. Just another <laughs> another reason why we another reason why we get along. Yes, so that's well. true. <laughs> it has just been a delight to have you here. Thank you so much for your ministry and for what uh, you are really just putting yourself out there to see a generation of women set free from the lies of the adversary. And I'm just praying God's going to use it. Thank you so much, Heidi, for having me on. It's been awesome. I'm so proud of you. And I am cheering for you for Congress and praying (laughs) for you. And I am, girl, I'm right behind you. Put me at, put me at the product table table. (laughs) I will. I would do it. I I would do it for you, Heidi. (laughs) Hey man, be careful what you wish for because you just might might end up on a big bus with you. You might end up, you might end up on a big bus with me. That'd be fun. We'd have a good time. Such a good time. (laughs) (laughs) It's a message of hope and a message message of freedom. I hope you guys have enjoyed this today as much as I've enjoyed recording it with Jennifer Strickland. For more information about Jennifer Strickland and her ministry to women, visit youaremore.org. I want to thank you guys for listening so much. I also want to thank you for your continued support as I have entered the race for the third congressional district in the state of Washington. You can support me and we need your financial support now more than ever at HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. Thanks for listening today and I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at TheBusyMom.com. 